millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Dose of Leadership Podcast, Episode 274. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. Richard Ryerson here. Thank you for tuning in to Dose of Leadership. And I'm excited to bring this episode to you today. I uh, finally got Bill Hybels on the show. When I set out and launched this show in January of 2013, I had it in my mind a certain, I wrote a list, I call it the bucket list of who I wanted to have on the show. Bill Hybels was on that original list three and a half years ago, and he's finally here, and I'm excited to have him on. He is the founder and senior pastor of Willow Creek Community Church up in Chicago. It's a church of over 25,000. They're in their 41st year. I came across him and learned more about him when uh, the annual Global Leadership Summit, which is every August, it's this year it's August 11th and 12th, and it's a uh, summit, and if it's in your city, you need to Google this and find out if it's in your city, and if it is, you need to go, you need to attend to buy a ticket, it's simulcast live all over the globe, and just top-notch presentations from some of the, today's top thought, thought leaders, of course Bill Hybels is speaking, this year it's not going to disappoint either Bishop T.D. Jakes is going to speak. John Maxwell is going to speak. Melinda Gates is speaking. Uh, Alan Mullally, uh, the president and chief executive officer of Ford. Uh, Dr. Bradbury, who, have, who I've been trying to get on the show. Aaron Meyer, who's coming on this show uh, in about a month or so. Uh, Daniel Strickland, who was a few episodes back. she was She's uh, attending there as well. It goes on and on. You will not be disappointed. Again, because of the authenticity, the transparency, it's not one of those selly cell summits. It's about real leadership, and that's why um, Bill created this. You know, it is all about developing and mentor, mentoring leaders worldwide. It is impacting leaders in 125 countries. Again, this is simulcast all over the globe, and you will not be disappointed. I wish I could make it mandatory attendance for all glo- uh, Dose of Leadership listeners because um, it's in line with everything we talk about here on this show, and I'm so excited to support it. Special shout out and call out and thank you to Ben Hutton, who's the CEO of Hutton Construction here in Wichita. Uh, it's because of his efforts of what he's trying to do here locally of expanding the Global Leadership Summit here in the Wichita area. Um, and through his efforts and uh, his support and recommendation, I was allowed to get in touch with Bill Heibel. So thank you, Ben Hutton. Sincere thank you for your efforts in there. And uh, look forward to helping your cause here in Wichita as well with the Global Leadership Summit. All right. Um, I One quick little call-out action, a little plug, too. I'm looking for this Achieving Significance Mastermind. I'm trying to find five individuals. I've got three that I think are ready to to go down that path, but I'm trying to find two more people who are interested in joining this 12-month mastermind with me. It's a very economical solution to get uh, group coaching primarily and also some one-on-one coaching, but also to be a part of this show. Um, special times throughout the year, 
Um, I will bring you into the fold and we will have conversations and we'll record them and we'll play them here on Dose of Leadership. But it's a chance for you to interact with some of the guests that I have on this show and being part of this mastermind. A lot of details about this mastermind. You can find it at uh, richardryerson.com. Click on the mastermind section and look for the Achieving Significance Mastermind. You can find all the details there. There's a little video there. Um, if you have any questions and you're interested in joining this mastermind, again, it's a it's a select group. It's not not everybody can join. Um, I'm finding need to find the right person and to fill out this initial five. And if this initial five goes well, I'll, I'll be having another five. Um, but if you're interested, go to what, richardryerson.com. Look at there. Email me directly if you got questions. Richard at doseofleadership.com, and I and or you can go on the contact page at doseofleadership or richardryerson.com. And I will uh, reach out to you and we can talk about this Achieving Significance Mastermind. It's something I really want to kick off here this summer. Um, it's been on the back burner for a while, but I'm ready to kick it off and, and hit it full gear. All right. So thanks for tuning into the show. Thanks for being a fan of the show. And without further ado, here's Bill Hybels on Dose of Leadership. Well, Bill, what an honor to have you on the show. Welcome to Dose of Leadership. Well, happy to be with you today. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Like I was telling you in, in the pre-recording here, that uh, when I started out on the show three and a half years ago, you were on the original bucket list, if you will. So this is a complete honor. Thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Glad to be with you. Yeah. So tell me, why is leadership so important to you? Uh, well, I have this two-word little axiom. You know, leadership matters. It it matters to those being led. It matters to uh, companies. It matters to in every single arena of life, everyone wins when a leader gets better. The the staff does, the constituents do, the community does. We've all seen many, many times we've seen uh, examples of bad leadership. Sure. We see a team that's struggling. We, have, we see an organization that's struggling or a church that's struggling or so. And, and then a new leader comes in and really without injecting perhaps any more money uh, without changing the furniture, uh, just new leadership often can bring huge turnarounds. And so you wonder, what is that thing yeah. that that people possess that can optimize the potential of organizations? Yeah, and it's definitely leadership, but I mean, it's central to everything that we do, for sure. How did it start with you? At what point did you really start to realize it does impact everything that you do? I mean, it, it, did it start early for you? Was it a late observation when did it happen for you well i could even tell on the school grounds when i was just a young boy that sometimes i would suggest uh hey, it doesn't look like a great day for football but why don't we all go in and shoot baskets or something mm-hmm. and like the whole class would follow me and i wasn't the teacher you know i was right. just one of the kids uh i i knew that i had a little bit of influence uh when i was very young um then I, as I got to high school, I was made, you know, a class officer or president or something, president of my student body. And, and I, I could just tell that if I, if I watched out for others, if I tried to serve other people, um, there was a responsiveness to some of my, my ideas. And I always felt like, like that was a stewardship that I had to take very seriously. Yeah. You know, the, the the idea of influence, I mean, for me, it came later, probably in the college when I got in the Marine Corps. 
But I think prior to that, I thought it was almost something that was innate or something that you were born with. And I know it's a classic cliche question, are leaders made or born? And I know people as like yourself were, were naturally more inclined to it. But as you've developed over the years and you've helped organizations and churches and, and people become better leaders, are we all called to leadership at some point, do you think? You'd be pretty hard-pressed to make it all the way through life without getting assigned a leadership responsibility of some kind or another. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you're a painter, like a house painter. Well, the owner of the company wants you to oversee two other painters for a summer or something. Well, all of a sudden, you're a leader. You have <laughs> right. to take training. You get two uh, young people who are reporting to you and watching you. Sometimes you're an accountant, and you say, all I do is keep the numbers straight. And the company grows. Well, now they hire a few people, and they want you to manage them. Uh, you're uh, a stay-at-home mom, and you have a couple kids, and all of a sudden, you know, you're the leader of a couple kids. <laughs> right. So it's hard to make it through life without uh, being assigned a leadership position of some type. Then the question uh, must be asked: Do I want to be a good leader? Do I want to be an average leader? Do I want to be a fantastic leader? It's up to you. Yeah, and it's there for our taking. It seems like the principles, they just exist, right? They don't. They weren't invented by anybody. They're just natural principles that exist. Um, God-directed, if you will. And, and I think if they're there for our taking, they're there for our discovery. It seems like you don't have to go anywhere, sign up for anything. You just have to opt in and decide that you're going to lead at this point, lead from where you're at. Yeah, and uh, as you rightly note, uh, these principles cross all kinds of uh, territory. I mean, you, you can uh, see leadership functioning at high levels on every continent, in every culture, in every imaginable kind of organization, and you can also see the ill effects of poor leadership across any and all kinds of organizations, countries, and cultures. So my uh, leadership lecturing requires quite a bit of travel and great leadership shows up in the most unlikely of places sometimes with people who aren't even literate, but they're fantastic leaders. And then you see terrible leadership uh, at the highest of levels. People who are well-paid and quite smart, and they should know better, and they're terrible leaders. So I'm endlessly fascinated by this subject. Yeah, I am too. And the fact that you can, no matter where you're at, you can lead, it does come to a point about adding value and sac and just and, and taking the emphasis off of yourself. Get out of your own skin, and, and it's almost, um, how do I even describe it? It's almost impossible not to at least put a dent in the leadership universe if you just start serving others or adding value yeah. to others, I guess, you know? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I've really recently come into the last 10 years understanding that you cannot kind of escape spirituality with, with leadership. To me, I think you've got to have discernment and listening and peace and almost God-directed to be a great leader. Am I off base on that? What do you think about that? Well, if, if you want to be around our church, we're always trying to challenge people to become fantastic leaders. And and then so then we have to define well what does a fantastic leader look like how do they function and uh, again we could talk for weeks about that but there are some competencies that are that have to be in place for you to be a fantastic leader and there's a whole bunch of those and then there's some characterial issues 
that have to be in place if you're going to be a, a fantastic leader. There's a emotional and relational intelligence piece to this, where it's not all about strategy and it's not all about hustle. It's actually understanding people and what what motivates people and and what makes people feel loved and feel valued. Yeah. And you know, if you go down a long list, and when you find a leader who possesses sort of a broad spectrum of all of those fine qualities, then you find followers or team members who would who would work for that leader and sacrifice for that leader and do almost anything for them because of the value that they add to their lives. Yeah, it's having that emotional quotient almost. It's almost like the more that you can understand or put yourself in somebody else's shoes, to me, that's when leadership kind of takes a whole different dimension, having that kind of EQ, I guess, if you will. Yeah, I do about half my leadership. I tell my team this all the time. I do about half my leadership by going into every situation, and I'm usually working with our more senior leaders, and I put myself in their situation. I actually imagine myself being in their chair, facing their their particular set of challenges with with the limited resources they have, with the limited staff that they have, and I, I and I just sort of put myself in their chair, and I go, "How would I handle this? And and what, what sensitivities would I? What, what would be defeating me if I were in that situation? And then I kind of jump out of that chair in my mind and say, "All right, well then maybe I can now tell. Here's some ways that I could help this individual and move help them move ahead." Yeah, I love that. Having that kind of the empathy quotient or the emotional intelligence to to put yourself in somebody's shoes opens up so many different doors. I'm curious, who is who had a tremendous impact on you as a leader? Was it someone that uh, maybe been a mentor to you? I mean, who were your heroes? Well, I mean, the first one that comes to mind is uh, I grew up uh, in a home. Uh, my father was a fantastic leader. Yeah. He built several companies. He was leadership oriented. He was leadership minded when when he would drive around with the various organizations that he owned or led i would sit in the car with him and and he'd say you know billy we're going you know the next stop we're going to make is uh you know a company that i that i own that's in trouble and i'd say well dad how did it get in trouble and he would explain to me how it got in trouble and how it was all going well at one point and then a couple of bad decisions were made, which were followed by even worse decisions and all that. He'd talk through personnel things with me. Uh, he would talk through the economic model. And I, I just wow. learned the language of leadership, uh, you know, in junior high and high school by traveling with him and, and going to various organizations or companies that he owned and was trying to fix. Yeah, what a gift to have that. That was a huge gift, yeah. Yeah. You know, what characteristic do you think you believe every leader should possess? I mean, if you had to strip it down, what do you think all of us need to have? You know, the top of the list, normally, uh, if someone says, you know, a leader has to have vision because the first question all the followers ask is, where are we going? (laughs) Right. Where's the ship going? Right. If a leader doesn't have a vision, people are just standing in a circle and there's no motion whatsoever. So, Anyway, the vision's usually right near the top of the list, and as soon as you answer the vision question, you know, then they say, well, how are we going to get there? So now you're in the strategy, and now as you're 
working the strategy, the next question would be values. How are we going to behave with each other as we work the strategy? And uh, then usually there's the development question. Well, who are we going to add to the team? How are we going to make the team better so that we can achieve the vision? The the one that gets overlooked, uh, Richard, that, that bothers me quite a bit, and I try to integrate it into as many of my writings and teachings as I can, but once you get those leadership fundamentals down right, vision, strategy, values, you know, development, and these kinds of things, underneath that, and not very far, uh, a follower, a team member wants to know, does the leader actually care about me as a person? Yeah. And so I challenge uh, people, they don't like the terminology I use perhaps, but I say, do you love the people you lead with a self-sacrificial love? Yeah. Do, do you put yourself to the side? Do you actually try to make contributions and, and set the people you lead up so that so that their career advances, so that their family wins, so their marriage gets better, so their yeah, their vocational uh, evolution uh, occurs at a better rate for them. And uh, a lot of us were not taught to to love people self-sacrificially. Yeah, uh, you can learn how to do that. And again, if you've ever been led by someone who has a self-sacrificing love for you, it's one of the most powerful dynamics in all the world. And you would do anything for that leader, and you would perform for that leader, you would work overtime for that leader, you'd follow that leader if the the leader went to a new company, uh, because it's so rare. I love that you said that. You're, You're absolutely right. I mean, at the core of all of it is love. I mean, I've said this on the show time and time again, that the core of leadership is love. You have to be... In, in love with the act of leading, which is what you said, you got to be self-sacrificial. You have to love other human beings. If not, you're just in love with the idea of leading, I think. And I think, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. people realize that pretty early on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They, they know what your uh, bottom line is. And yeah. so I was with a, I was interested to hear that you're a Marine and you have a pilot background. And so I was with a group of fighter pilots uh, not long ago. In fact, we're going to show some clips of it uh, at this coming leadership summit. But uh, here's a really talented, um, very confident uh, fighter pilots. And I was supposed to do some mentoring and I asked for their commanding officer to, to leave the room. I wanted to get some uh, private info, if you will. And so uh I said, just first off, why do you guys like Mark, the, the, the commander? Why do you like this guy so well? And three of them, at the very same time, w- without any embarrassment whatsoever, said, because he loves us. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, yeah. wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Are you serious? And they're kind of like, no, he actually loves us. And he loves us as whole people. He wants our marriages to win. He knows our children by name. Yeah. He does cookouts for our families, and he brings the meat. They go, we've never had anyone in the military treat us like this. And uh, it, it was quite a story. Yeah, I love that. I've said that before. The Marine Corps was one of the most loving organizations that I ever worked for. When you had that uh, right self, the, the, the sacrificial, it's never about you, it's all about them mentality, those type of leaders who took care of you, 
It is an yeah. amazing force. It is an amazing force. Oh, I love that story. Let's talk about the Global Leadership Summit. Huge fan of that. Uh, coming up here in August. And uh, wow, exciting times. It, it grows. It seems to grow bigger and bigger every year. What started? What? How did it start for you? Why did you decide to do this? Yeah, it started uh, over 20 years ago when I was uh, on a vacation. I just finished traveling for about a month. Been visiting uh, churches and training church leaders all over the world. And all during that trip, I was asking myself, why do some churches prevail and move ahead? Some Christian organizations prevail and move ahead. And why do others falter and die? Yeah. And and I kept being confused by it. What you know, it wasn't all about money. It wasn't whether it was urban or rural. It wasn't that they were all a part of one denomination or they were all uh, in one part of the world. There was kind of this randomness to to why these organizations wildly succeeded and others that looked just as good failed. And it dawned on me one day. Wait a minute. I, I think it all comes down. To how it's being led. It, it all comes down to the function of leadership. Yeah. More than money, more than location, more than how easily or how well it was set up in the beginning and all that. It's a function of leadership. When I had that aha moment, uh, I said to one of my friends, I think what I'll do is next summer, I think I'll contact some leaders that I know who are outstanding. And i uh, I will ask them to talk about leadership. Maybe I can put a talk together, and then I'll invite some people. And And if people come, all we're going to talk about is leadership. We're not going to talk about anything else, and we're going to reasonably, reasonably price this thing. And it'll be in August uh, where it doesn't compete with anything else on the calendar, and we'll just see what happens. We held it at our uh, church at the time, Willow Creek Church. Uh, the first year, about 2,000 people came, and the second year it doubled. Uh, third year it sold out a year in advance, and we knew, oh, you know, God's doing something here. Yeah. And it's just had that kind of 20-year run where we never thought it would go to the scale that it's gone to now. Yeah, it's so exciting and so fun. And, of course, every every city, major city has it, and you can find, it, you know, most uh, usually a church or an organization is, is sponsoring it, and you can attend. It's just a fascinating event. Um, I don't know how you get such, well, I do know how you get, but it's just amazing how the lineup that you have. I mean, this year you got Melinda Gates, Alan Mullally, uh, T.D. Jakes. Um, what an amazing lineup. Daniel Strickland, who's been on this show. Um, how exciting. Yeah, Horst Schultz again, Horse Schultz. John Maxwell. John uh, Maxwell, yeah. Yep. And uh, there, there's just some, yeah, Patrick Lencioni. There. Uh, what, what has happened over the last few years, and I think you would probably uh, be a, bear witness to this, uh, it's become it's become the place where leaders want to be. It, it, yeah. It's it's where leaders want to speak, and it's where leaders want to to be challenged. Uh, we it's intellectually rigorous. Uh, people don't give old talks. Uh, when we ask someone to speak, they say, what do you want? And we say, fresh, actionable leadership content. So when I walk up. Got to be fresh. Yeah. Got to be actionable. And I got to be leadership. Got to have solid content. And I love that you said it's actionable because, because you can go there. And I know when, when you watch these presentations, you're absolutely right. I mean, these are, these are tangible things you can walk away with no matter where you're at in your leadership journey, right? I mean, it, this is that's, for everybody. That's the hope. Yeah. Yep. 
it's not just for CEOs. I mean, it's for, and like you said, I um, leadership is for everyone. I don't care if you're a stay-at-home mom or you are a CEO of, of a major organization. Leadership is for everybody, and you can get something out of out of all of this. Yeah, yeah we really try to emphasize it with uh, high school students and with college students because many of them have not even decided yet if they have a leadership gear. No one has uh, built into them and give them, given them anything to lead yet. Well, I like to be among those first people who say, Hey, why don't you experiment with this? Yeah. And why don't you put your foot out there a little bit and see if you can take some responsibility and, and see what you have in there. And so we, we see a lot of people taking their first leadership steps after coming to the leadership summit as, uh, teenagers. Well, and I think it's, yeah, it's, it is amazing to me that we don't, um, talk leadership language to young students anymore. I mean, I, well, I mean, when I was growing up, I didn't, I never, I guess I had preconceived notions of leadership too, and didn't really see myself as a leader. But I think a lot of times, particularly, uh, the younger generation, the teenagers, they're, they're actually leading and they just don't know it half the time. Does yeah. that, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. And there's another memory that, uh, just came out of the fog. Uh, I remember a teacher walking up to my desk when I was in, I think, the fifth grade. I thought, oh, no, now what I do? And the teacher took me down to the principal's office and said, uh, you have been selected to represent our school, which went up through eighth grade. You've been uh, selected to represent our school at a leadership academy <laughs> that's going to be held at uh, Western Michigan University. And I was like, are you making this up? Shouldn't you send an eighth grader? And I, I was completely caught off guard. Uh, I went to the event that day, and it was being taught by, I mean, serious leadership-oriented people who were talking serious leadership content. And again, I'm in like fifth grade. And Richard, it marked me. I, I remember sitting there saying, maybe I should take this seriously. Maybe God is going to raise me up to be a leader someday. What if what if they're right and all of this? Yeah. And uh, it made a huge impact on me. Yeah, it's good. I mean, even learning how to lead yourself, I think if I would have just had that when I was at a younger age, I mean, you get it. You get it through osmosis with sports and everything else, but you're right that having that impactful moment like you're talking about, and if you attend uh, a thing like a summit or you surround yourself with like-minded, like-valued people, it does change your world. It really does. And, yeah, it, it does. When you're in a room, that's why the summit is, is so powerful. When you're in a room with hundreds, if not thousands, of other leadership-oriented people, and then you're watching some of the best leaders in the world convey just unbelievable content, you can, I mean, it's hard to control your heart rate. Yeah. You, you just yeah. feel a kind of energy, and you say to yourself, now, she or he is putting words to something that I've wrestled with, you know, for the last 20 years of my leadership, and they just described, you know, kind of the key out of the cell. Uh, I've had so many of those moments where I would just hear a phrase and I would say, well, that's the phrase I've been looking for. Right. And so uh, a lot of uh, epiphanies, uh, leadership aha moments. You know, I think for me, a, a lot of times when I realize that leaders don't have to have all the answers, that even some of these great leaders that I, that I pictured myself emulating or wanted to be like deal with fear and uncertainty and limiting beliefs on a daily basis, 
that was a huge aha moment for me. And I think another benefit of watching all these great leaders talk, you know, what I love about the leadership summit is the the level of authenticity that emanates from it. You know what I mean? There's not a lot yeah, of, and we push that pretty hard with our uh, faculty. We say, you know, if, if you're going to, if you're going to go up there and pretend it's easy and you're going to convey, yeah, right, right. you know, to a couple hundred thousand people that this is a cakewalk, uh, that's, that's not going to fly. I mean, we, we want ruthless authenticity. Yes. We, we want radical transparency. We, we want to know a couple of times when it didn't go well. Yeah. And uh, so we, we do quite a bit of uh, preloading into these faculty's brains, you know, kind of what we're looking for. And, and we want people to walk out saying, you know, it's not easy for anybody, but it's worth doing. Well, and I, I, know, I know that's why it's been so successful is because of that transparency to authenticity, which I think is the primary currency you need in leadership anyway. And, yes. and, um, yeah. Absolutely. yeah. So how do, how do people, um, like, so I'll have links to, to the leadership summit on this post when it, when it goes live, but, uh, how can people find more about it? How can they register? What, what advice would you give them? Yeah. If they just go online and, and, um, you can just Google the, yeah. the global leadership summit and, uh, it'll all pop up there for you and you can figure out what, the city is nearest you, what ve- what venue is nearest you in that city, when the dates are, who the faculty are, and there's a lot of information about it. So just uh, the Global Leadership Summit is all you have to enter, and and uh, the Internet will do the rest. Well, I'm excited for this to, to happen. I'm excited, again, to have you on this show. Um, you also got, um, in August, I'm looking forward to leading from here to there, the five essential skills. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, that's sometimes, you know, when, when someone says, you know, just take it all the way down to its simplest form. You know, what, what is leadership? Uh, my, my simplest explanation of it is I usually have a flip chart and I say, it, it's taking people from here. I draw the word here. It's, it's, I write the word here. It's moving people from here to there, to another place, to a preferred, uh, destination. Leadership is all about movement. It's about energy. It's it's about inspiring and motivating people to leave what the what the current situation is and to move together in a unified way to a to a better destination somewhere out there. And it's all about how to you know uh, uh, inspire people to want to go there with you or want to help you get there for God's glory or for the sake of a company or the sake of a victory or something. So a lot of what I talk about is just uh, leadership is about moving people from here to there. I love it. I look forward to seeing that. Of course, I'm a huge fan of your books. And can I tell you my favorite book that is, is The Power of a Whisper? I mean, something that's really <laughs> helped. That's... <laughs> that's amazing that that would be your favorite. <laughs> yeah. It's, I waited 35 years to write that book, um, and it is a little bit controversial because the basic premise is that God still speaks to people today. Yeah. And if we lower the ambient noise level of our lives and and we're humble and quiet uh, and, and listen carefully, that uh, periodically God will, with a nudge or a whisper or some kind of prompting, um, He will guide our path. And... I finally felt so convinced of it. I thought I'm going to write a book about it, and it's 
uh, rewarding for me to, to hear that you've benefited from it. Well, it, it is it is my biggest struggle. In fact, even this morning we had there's a brec- uh, have breakfast every two weeks with a guy, another, and we talk about life and what it means to be men and fathers and leaders and and uh, I even even this morning, fresh this morning and last night, I can't get my mind to slow down. It gets in, and, and I know if I can just get quiet sometimes, and that's just been my biggest struggle, my biggest challenge, and discerning. Is this really God talking or is this my ego talking to my wants, desires? That has always been my biggest struggle. And that's why I think yeah. the, the power of a whisper has been so helpful for me. Because you're right. If I think about the significant events that have happened, uh, decisions that have impacted my life, it has been in those quiet moments. And it hasn't been a long dissertation. It's been a couple words. It's been yeah. love. It's been love her. Trust yeah. me. Um, yeah. <laughs> go here. It's exactly you know? right. Two word sound bites often. <laughs> yeah. It, it just, yeah. Yeah, forgive her. Forgive, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. Stop that. Stop that, <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Gosh, it even is, and we were talking this morning just about it, and just like, God, sometimes we still, you know, it's almost like we we ask, um, we make a decision and we ask God to bless the decision instead of the other way around, right? Yeah, instead sure. of listening, yeah. So no. Well, so thank you for that book, by the way. I just and all oh, all that you do. Well, gosh, Bill, thanks for coming on the show. It, this has been a true uh, thrill for me. I'm so excited about the Global Leadership Summit. How can people get find out more about you? Get in contact with you. What else do you want to say as we wrap this up? Yeah, well, I would just say it's uh, the the summit is coming in August, and I think it's uh, probably the most helpful leadership event I know of anywhere in the world. And uh, it should be available to anyone who's listening to us right now because it's worldwide and 129 countries around the world. So go to the web, uh, the Global Leadership Summit, and get some information. Uh, Go with some friends. It's always fun to go with friends because then you can process it together and challenge each other with it. So, um, and again, thank you, Richard, for being uh, an advocate of it and uh, for having a great show uh, like this one on leadership. You're helping a lot of people. Absolutely. And if I could make it mandatory attendance for all my listeners, I would. But if all these, you need to go out there. This is You will not be disappointed. If, if you're a fan of the show, uh, this almost is like mandatory um, attending. You will not be disappointed. This is great stuff. So, Bill, thank you for coming on the show. And as always, welcome home here at Dose of Leadership, and thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me, Richard. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show. Hope you're finding some great value in Dose of Leadership. Hey, go check out my website, doseofleadership.com. Get your free access to some videos or to my free ebook. Also, check out richardryerson.com if you're interested in one-on-one coaching, group coaching, seminars, or you're needing somebody to speak at your next event. I'm always available. Check out more at richardryerson.com. Let me know where you're at in your leadership journey. I'd love to hear from you. Richard at doseofleadership.com. It's a great way to get in touch with me. Find me on my Facebook page, LinkedIn, Twitter, Get in touch with me. We'll make it a great one. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.